Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday. 647-977-7113. ITMayday.com. Hi, and welcome back. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert on the Hayes FM, sponsored by Bayshore Health and Wellbeing. We're going to touch the subject of NSF checks on your maintenance fees and what exactly could happen. You know, if you have uh, given post-dated checks to your property management company and, uh, you know, to cover your maintenance fees, honestly, just try your best to make sure that that check does not go NSF. You know, and that's easier said than done. I know this year, as a matter of fact, I can't believe how many times that uh, the first of the month actually ended up on a weekend as opposed to the weekday. And all of a sudden, you know, it's Saturday afternoon and you realize, oh my God, I didn't transfer funds or I didn't deposit something or whatever. And next thing you know, your maintenance fee payments are coming out of your accounts. And, uh, you know, because of it being a weekend, it's created a bit of a problem. And I totally understand that. I mean, I've had it happen myself, especially when you get busy and you've got this to do and that to do. And, you know, next thing you know, there you go. You've got yourself a problem. The problem is, is that, yes, the board of directors do have the ability to put a lien against your property, but you can't, they can't do it just because all of a sudden they had an NSF check. You know, they have to follow a particular protocol that's already identified in the Condominium Act. So they have to notify you within 30 days and 60 days, and they cannot go through the proceedings of submitting their forms to move forward and place a lien against your property until they followed that protocol. So you do have a window of protection, kind of, sort of. The problem that you have is that if the board doesn't follow the guidelines the way that they're supposed to, and once they contact or they do arrange for a lien to go against your property and they don't follow that protocol, now you have a challenge with them. And that's the sad part because it's it's very defined in the Condo Act as to how it's supposed to be done. The question is, what do you do if it wasn't done the way that the Condo Act stipulates? That's the question. And that's where all of a sudden it's going to cost condo owners money because we don't have any mechanism in place that's going to deal with any type of a dispute resolution without it costing you a substantial amount of money. And then when you do take that condo board to, say, a mediation or arbitration, not only are you going to be out-of-pocket expenses, but remember... All of the fees that are derived because of this whole action that's going on, you're going to pay it a second time in your maintenance fees. My guess, here's my guess. My guess is, is that if condo owners are more vocal in buildings and if they're a member of the Condo Owners Association and when they do have problems, they inform us of those difficulties, my guess is is that condo board is going to be incredibly careful if they're going to be doing things that are outside of the Condo Act. They will actually take more of an initiative to learn the Condo Act. That's what my guess is. Because you see, as much as you're getting the information, okay, they're going to realize 
that in order for them to compete with you, they're going to have to have more information as well. And no, you know, I use the word compete because unfortunately, it is a competition. It'll become a competition because if you're going to start challenging them and they feel that they have control of the corporation's affairs, you're already behind the eight bell because there isn't a proper mechanism in place right now to carry on a good working relationship. Because I will tell you that any board that turns around and puts liens on people's properties because of an NSF check and they didn't follow the protocol, that's a board that you have to be careful of. And, you know, it's, it's incredibly disappointing because it's not going to benefit anybody. And certainly the unit owner, it's not, it's totally not fair to them. So the interesting part is, is that this lien that was put against this particular unit, the legal cost and once they get born back to the owner, I mean, you could have a thousand dollar legal cost thrown on you because a lien had to be registered. That's how expensive it is. So the FYI on this statement is, is of course, make sure your condo fees don't go into like your, your checks do not go into an NSF situation, but certainly if you are finding a situation in your condo building where your condominium board of directors is acting prematurely and in not compliance to the Condo Act on anything, it doesn't matter whether it's an NSF check or whether it's a maintenance fee on anything at all. Maybe it's the annual general meeting. Maybe it's the way you're getting notices in the building. Maybe it's even the change of contracts that are going on in the building. You know, anything at all that you feel is somewhat strange. And, you know, this is not to create a war, by the way, with property managers. Okay. The statements that I'm making today, I want to disclose that this is not a direct attack on property managers or board of directors. What it is, 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 is it's, it's creating a, a, a fair playing field because the property managers and the board of directors that are actually complying and doing what they're supposed to do, and there's a harmonious harmonious situation, and there's a, a wonderful relationship between them and the owners, those owners have nothing to worry about. This is specifically geared to the owners who are having problems, and as they provide those problem, the explanations of the problems to me, and I read them, I can tell you straight out, where the problems are. And nine times out of 10, the problem is either coming from the board of directors or it's coming from the property manager. But the interesting part about the statement of property managers is, is the property manager is only a contract. It's a contracted company and the company designates that manager to be at that site. So who chooses the contract and who chooses the property management company? Well, it goes right back to the board of directors. So if the property manager is not operating in the way that you believe that they should, or they're not giving you the time of day, then that's something that the board of directors needs to address. There's no two ways about it because you are paying your maintenance fees, which is part of the revenue that comes into the corporation to pay the operating expenses to run the corporation because you own it. So, you know, I think that, um, it doesn't really matter where, where you are. I mean, you know, if, if you're out in Ottawa or if you're out, out in Windsor, 
it doesn't make a difference because the Condominium Act covers all condominiums, and there's five different types of condominiums all across the province of Ontario. So we have to go back to fear. I mean, we seem like we're doing full circle. I'm explaining all of this information to you, but I know for a fact when I leave and when I close off my radio show today and I get back in my car, I know for a fact I'm going to get limited emails coming in. We are going to get some people that will, of course, you know, uh, register with the Condo Owners Association. But I will say to you that I really have no idea how to, what to say that's really going to push you to understand, don't be afraid. Seriously, don't. And if you need a real estate um, background information on things that could help you understand that you do not hurt your value by stepping forward and talking about your problem, and or addressing it directly with your condominium. But you see, that's where the thing is, is that right now we need that list. Okay, we need we need condo owners to continue to, to give us all of this insight because it's the only way that we're going to be able to help you. A lot of times, like you, you, you sit back. I know every night, it's kind of funny, every night before I have my shows, sometimes uh, if I've got my guest, I've already got my mind on which direction I want to go. When I do the free alones, which I'm, the freestyles, which I'm doing right now, they're not easy radio shows. And because, you know, I'm, I'm going by things that have happened and come across, you know, over the last month or two months or something that's just really nagging in my mind. Or, or maybe it's even trying to promote and push forward uh, new initiatives. That's the reason why I kind of take these. It's all about information awareness. But today, it's about trying to say the right things that is going to promote you and give you the strength to work together with us. That's what this show is about today. Because I thought that it would be really important and maybe it's a way, you know, I know that every time you turn, you know, you turn on the news, you you know, you go through the internet, you're going to hear an awful lot of different things that are happening with condominiums and how's the market and are the declining prices and if the interest rates are increasing and, you know, all the different things and are there too many condominiums and why are they going so high right now? And what about the OMB, the Ontario Municipal Board? You know, should they have the power that they do by overriding, you know, decisions on, on new construction and so on, and exactly how many condominiums are being built and how is it affecting the traffic in certain parts of the city, i.e. downtown Toronto? Is it affecting the infrastructure? Why are there heritage buildings being compromised and torn down for the sake of another condominium? And, you know, individual problems that are happening within units and people have stepped forward. Someone's purchased a brand new unit thinking they have 500 square feet, not knowing that the dimensions of the unit are actually on the exterior walls of that particular unit. And or someone who's just closed on their condominium, they bought new construction, they've gone through the occupancy process. However, they purchased it with the intention of either selling it or renting it, and therefore they're an investor. Did they know that they had to pay the HST on the closing date? Because all of a sudden, 
bang, you know, not only did they put their 20, 25% as a down payment, next thing you know, they're getting the call from the lawyer's office saying, oh, by the way, you know, you can try and submit the forms to our the government to get a reimbursement, but in order for you to close today, you have to come up with the full HST because you're an investor. Now, if you're buying the unit and you're planning on moving into it, that courtesy tends to be offered by the builder. They will actually charge, but then pay the HST and get the rebate back on the HST so that it becomes a wash and it doesn't physically have to come out of your bank accounts. So there's one for the road. How many of you knew that? How many of you knew that after the first, when you finish your occupancy, during the term of your occupancy, you can report problems that you see in the building under the Terry on warranty. It actually begins during the occupancy period, although the registration may be two or three months or four months or six months or eight months afterwards. But you can actually do it during that period of time and get an edge on trying to resolve these problems. Did you also know that right now it's interesting because, you know, you have, and I'll talk a little bit about new construction right now. When you purchased it, you were given a quote as to how much your maintenance fees are going to be. But did you know that after the first year, like that first annual general meeting is called your turnover. If you have to go to any meeting at all, any meeting, go. If you're a new condo owner in a new building and you have notification of your turnover meeting, you better go. Don't hand in proxies. Attend the meeting or give your proxies to a friend a business associate, family, somebody, and have them go on your behalf. You're always best not to email them in. Because can they be changed? Yes. Possibly would they be? Maybe. But the turnover meeting is seriously important because that's the time when the brand new board is elected. That means that there's one member who will be three years, two that are two years, and two that are one year, if it's a five-member board. Now we'll talk about something called the occupancy position. The three-year term, it's actually, um, it's an interesting position because the problem is, is that it's a position where only the condo owners that live in the building can vote for. Okay. So if you live in the building, you can vote for the person that could potentially obtain that position, be voted into that position. But the person running for the position does not have to be an owner-occupied. Okay, so the owner-occupied position is only available for voting by the owners who live in the building. It does not restrict who could actually stand for election for that position. But another interesting, really good point of view is, is that after the first year, that's where it'll be determined how much your maintenance fees have to go up. Because if the original maintenance fee was not really, maybe inflation has affected it and it ends up being a lot more costly than what was pinpointed at the time that you purchased the unit, what'll happen is, is that the building is actually running at a loss. But that loss after the first year will be picked up by the builder. But the problem is, is that moving forward into the second year, remember that loss is not going away. Your operating budgets 
have to cover a specific amount of money. So therefore, the maintenance fees will have to be topped up to cover that loss amount plus inflation for the following year. And that's when a lot of new buildings could potentially get a spike in maintenance fees is between the first and the second year. And that's the reason why. The builders are not accountable to top up those fees in the second year moving forward, only after the first year. So again, has if you're a new homeowner, uh, if you bought a new condominium and all of a sudden you, you get like a 15% increase on your maintenance fees, have you actually found out why? Did you take the time to contact your property management company or the board of directors? Did you, did you contact anybody, the management office, maybe the administrator, just to find out why the maintenance fee has increased that much? Because on a standard cost of living, it really shouldn't be increasing any more than about 4%. So if it's gone anything, definitely anything over six, um, you, you really need to find out what the answers were. Why did it do it? What's the reason behind it? What expenditure had to be made that bumped it up and it was an expenditure that was not discovered when the actual budgets were being prepared? Because a few months before that AGM, your board will sit down and go through the budget and they will identify how much money they have, how much expenditures, what the contracts were, and so on and so on. It's no different from owning a house and having to pay your expenses. It's just in a larger larger type of view of doing it because now you're talking about a huge building with 300 owners and you've got other types of uh, payments that need to be covered, which generally in houses would not, uh, security clean or well, cleaning, but this is a larger contract, um, window cleaners and, and so on and so on. So these are types of things that, um, are all part of your operating expenses. So, so there you have it. And those are just, those are just brief comments. And the reason I've put those forward is again, because if there is something going on with them and something doesn't feel right, it's not a big deal to contact your property management company and ask for some answers. Where it becomes a big deal is when you do that and you don't get a reply. You get ignored. You don't get a reply. Changes are happening that you don't understand. Increases are happening that you have no reason why. That's when you have a problem. You have a problem when there is no communication and there's no transparency. And that's exactly the time that you need to be vocal. That's exactly the time you need to be vocal. I mean, you don't need to be vocal if you know everything is being covered and everything is fine. You ask a question, you get an answer. It's all good. There's no problem. When you ask the question and you don't get the answer, as I said, that is the problem. And then it could really tell you whether or not potentially there could be other problems that you may not be aware of. You see, that'll open up the door. But, you know, like I'm actually a uh, president of a board of directors and, uh, you know, for a condominium building. And, you know, I've been there for like 12 years now. And we have such a wonderful open communication that the the energy level in the building uh, is fantastic. And, and people know that at any given time, they can just go call, call property management. You may drop by, knock on the door, go in, ask questions, whatever. It's an open door. It's great. And why do you think I stay there for 12 years? That's exactly why. 
everyone is happy and they're all living in harmony. And, you know, if I'm going to be involved in something, why wouldn't I want that? And that's the part that always surprises me. So why would a board not want that? Think about that. Most board members tend to be owners of units in the building, although the Condo Act says that they don't have to be. But why wouldn't they want to operate like that? So, something to think about. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato of the Condo Expert, sponsored by Base Your Health and Wellbeing, here at the studio at the Hayes FM. 